Hello and welcome. Welcome to episode 75 of Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted beer scenes across the U.S. I'm your host, Brian, and this month uh, we're doing something a little outside the typical Brews Less Traveled lore, so to speak. This month, we're featuring a beer scene that is certainly not uncharted, not less traveled. Uh, it's the city that has brought us Arrogant Bastard and Sculpin IPA. It gave us Cable Car Creek and Duck Duck Goose. And it's a place that's given so much to the craft beer industry. So you could think of these episodes as a thank you of sorts. You know, we wanted to jump outside of the bruise less traveled typical cities and share a city that we an ode to a craft beer a giant a, a city that has done a lot for craft beer so for these episodes join us as we explore some of the lesser charted breweries in a well charted beer scene san diego california so for these episodes, I've got a new host, a new co-host, great guy. He lives in the state of California. He's been a co-host on this show before, two times. Going to be the first three-time co-host, I think, since MC. But if you remember back to when we featured Knoxville, Tennessee, and also San Antonio, you may be familiar with this gentleman. Also, if you're a fan of the Beer Avengers, he is the third Beer Avenger to grace the co-host seat of Bruce Less Traveled. Hophead Huck himself, Mike Birch. How's it going, Mike? Good. Wow. That's a, what a great introduction. Thank you. Oh. It's great to be here. And I, last time I was on the show, I was coming to you from New York city. And now I live in the beautiful, sunny Fresno, California. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, it's in Cal it's the middle of California. We do get some good San Diego beers up here. I've had quite a few, uh, uh, belching beavers, uh, brewery I've had up here. And, uh, also, uh, we've gotten a few from, uh, uh, Society and a couple of other good breweries. And, you know, it's always great beer coming out of San Diego for sure. And thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Glad that you were able to, to join me for this. I mean, still using natural light right now. See if the sun sets on me. It, you <laughs> have to uh, turn on see, electric lights. You, you've already bragged about, uh, I, I am being blinded by uh artificial light here you've already black bragged to me today about your 70 degree day and how it was how cold unquote, it was cold it was there Ooh, <laughs> now you're now you're saying you're using artificial light who are you kubrick making barry linden and i still have my uh my new york complexion i've managed to hang on to that <laughs> can take the new york boy out of new york but you can't take the new york pale out of the new york boy yet you mentioned you've drank some other breweries from San Diego, are you familiar with our breweries? San Diego, yes. Are you familiar with the breweries we're featuring this month? I have not. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying uh, Abnormal today. I've known some of them, yes, uh, that we're that we're featuring, but today I have not had uh, the Abnormal yet, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, uh, to kick off this special month, we're featuring an excellent brewery. As as I gave Mike. it away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could give it away. It's not it's not that big of a surprise. It's I mean, people listen to the podcast, it's in the title of, of the podcast. So they they know as they've clicked on it. We definitely try to play that charade of a of a you know, it's a secret. Let's not talk about it until this exact point in the podcast. Yes. Which is right now. Uh we're featuring an excellent brewery, abnormal beer company out of North County, San Diego. We'll be drinking their abnormal vice. German style half of Weizen, as well as their Mocha Stout, Sweet Stout, 
And we're also going to be joined by some guests from Abnormal. So please join us in welcoming uh, Paul, the lead brewer, and Jason, the head brewer from the Abnormal Brew Team. How's it going, guys? Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, we're feeling pretty good now that we're unmuted. Very good. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Let's go ahead and get into our first beer, the Abnormal Vice. Uh, we'll, we'll open it up, and I encourage our, our uh, live streamers to join us in this. Oh, you guys got them, too. Awesome. Uh, let's crack them open, take a look at them. And uh, guys, what do you want? What do you what would you like to tell us about this beer? Yeah, this we we keep this beer pretty traditional. It's 50 50 Pilsner malt and uh, wheat malt. And we use a Bavarian Hefeweizen strain of yeast fermented on the warmer side. Uh, I think we would knock out at 68 degrees and let it free rise to 72 and uh, currently we're using uh, exclusively Hollerchal Blanc for bittering and uh, flavoring additions. Mm. Excellent. I was, just came from Bavaria recently. We visited a Hollerchal hop farm, and uh, this, this brings me right back to the, the old country. Very nice. To the old country, like it was, like it was calling to you to, for you to come back there. <laughs> I'm Irish, but you know. <laughs> whatever that's great I'm, I'm enjoying this i i we've covered on this show before hefeweizen is not a style i typically order but every time i have one on the show i i enjoy it and i'm surprised it you said you fermented a little it'll a little bit warm but i'm not getting it's not exploding with that banana or circus peanut uh flavor what do you attribute that kind of restraint to that's an that's an interesting question i i, I don't i don't know exactly we i mean We've been doing this beer pretty consistently for a while, and it's been pretty subdued on the banana. I would say it has to most likely do with the yeast strain then. You definitely get more of a clove, uh, like a candied banana uh, second, but it's not, I think when he's that, but also you get the, it's banana, but like that bubble gum, kind of like aroma. Mm. Yeah, that's what mm. definitely the strain attributes to. It's, Very nice. it's, can it's candied banana, not, not mushy banana. <laughs> and Paul knows something about yeast. He uh, worked at uh, White Labs for a number of years before joining the Abnormal team. Fun time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we get further into traditional questions, getting into the interview, typical stuff, we have our rapid fire questions. Fast questions, fast answers helps us get to know you fast. Jason, Paul, are you both ready? Oh, man. Game show. Here we go. I got a buzzer. Do you, do you really have a buzzer? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine. Um, so, favorite non-abnormal beer? It's a big question. Uh, you guys like style. You got to give me a style. Yeah, it's... Favorite... Style? Yeah, favorite non-abnormal... Non let's go like a wheat-forward beer. German, Belgian, American. Take your pick. Fortunate Islands, modern times. Wow. All right. Mm -hmm. There you go. Great wheat, wheat beer. Okay. Staying in town. That's a good one. Yeah. Paul, um, you want to top that? Yeah. That was a tough one. <laughs> Maybe a Berliner Weiss. I know. I'm trying to think of a wheat beer, San Diego. Like, there's not many of those out yeah. there. I would say Epic, with um, they have a lot of traditional style beers. They also have a couple of non loggers for me, um, at least. Trying to think who else it would be, man. Don't drink a lot of wheat forward beer generally, but if it is, it's something. Yeah, Fortunate Islands would be my go-to. There's not sure. a lot of hefts out here, dude. It's, yeah. it's a trip. That's a that's a good question. There's not it's a California. Lot of yeah. Okay. 
Okay. I mean, I think I think we have the only core Hefeweizen in San Diego. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's a good claim to fame. Maybe All we should right. go well, go, go for an easier question this time, Win Ryan. Carl Strauss. That that'd be the the hell. Oh, Win and C from okay. Carl Strauss would be the okay. Hefeweizen. Like. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll 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 go. Yeah, we'll go with some simpler questions here. These are supposed to be fast questions. Surf or skate, both of you. <laughs> Unfortunately, both, and I'm six foot six, so oh. it ended very badly. I broke a lot of bones. Oh boy, what are you riding? Like an eight point eight deck? <laughs> um, <laughs> not anymore. I, I think I have a longboard that I use with my kids. But yeah, I, I don't do that too much anymore. Uh, re- refrain to body surfing now. But yeah, not <laughs> definitely back in the day it was surf in the morning before high school and then drive up to the mountains and snowboard in the evening <laughs> and then always skateboarding in between. Wow. That was a, a, that was a good question. Thought. Wow. You got, you got the full, uh, the full <laughs> board there. Oh, surf or skate? Uh, oh, definitely skate. Skate and uh, blading for sure. Uh, oh, blading. I was that one guy that freaking bladed with all the skaters. <laughs> you were the, you oh. were the, you were the booter. Yeah, I was a, I was a six foot three lineman. Yeah, nobody was lineman, tell you any, any other lineman playing or blading out there, all the skaters <laughs> and getting yelled at because I could break my ankle and not play football the next day. <laughs> oh man, I remember those days. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, okay, so favorite movie featuring San Diego? Mm. Oh, dude, Anchorman. Got to be Anchorman. Um, probably. I don't remember what don't lethal weapon it, it is, oh. but it's the one where they're doing the freeway chase <laughs> and they literally drive a car through a building and then they jump it on the other end. I think it's maybe like four or five. I can't remember. The one that was in San Diego is great. <laughs> you can get a research team on that one. Gun. You can say oh, San Diego four, San Diego, or, uh, not San Diego four, lethal weapon four filmed in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, very, oh, Brian's on it. Yeah. Fastest, fastest IMD B fingers this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> All right. Really, these these fast round questions are just a ruse so I can ask this silly question. Um, Paul, Jason, have you ever seen a UFO? No. You? I mean, I wasn't able to identify anything that I saw up there. Definitely want to believe, but yeah. I've been out in the desert in Joshua Tree and seen a lot of different things, but everything always seemed like a meteor. Always wanted it to be a UFO. I do have one more silly question. Uh, uh, Paul, you're listed uh, on the Abnormal website as uh, Big Sexy. Is it fair <laughs> to say that Jason is your Razor Ramon? Your Scott Oh, Razor Ramon? Oh, man. The click? Are we going here? Oh, you just hit a button. We're going Didn't outsiders. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> Deep cut. I would say if you're gonna go like really old school, I would say he's got the Shawn Michaels hair, dude. Uh-huh. There we go. That's got that sweet chin music. All right, that's yeah. great. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Well, thanks for playing along, guys. Oh yeah, excellent. <laughs> let's let's talk about beer. Let's talk about abnormal. It's a it's a it's striking name. Uh, so as the team creating the beers, what what does that mean for the brewery to be abnormal brewing? It's you know for us we like to just do a little bit of everything when we want to do it. You know, a lot of it is customer feedback on what they have been liking. And, you know, we'll try and go with that and go further down that rabbit hole. But I mean, any day it could be, we'll be releasing a traditional German Pilsner and then a uh, 
smoothie sour two weeks later, you know, an imperial smoothie sour, you know. So I no, I guess that would have been the Czech lager and then the imperial oh, smoothie sour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we, we kind of go all over the place. Definitely were were first made a name for ourselves with uh pastry stouts and these really heavily adjunct beers. And now we just kind of we just like to do everything. Yeah. And you know, is there might not be any really rhyme or reason to it other than this is just kind of what we want to do. And this is what we feel that people want to buy from us and we want to have fun with it. I love that. I love the, the, any brewery's got the wide variety, not just, uh, not just giving us the West coast IPAs, but uh, I'm sure you make a good one of those as well. Oh yeah. And the name itself, where, how, where did that come from? Um, I, so our owner, He's a very abnormal guy. That's really the best way to put it. I mean, I believe he was in tech industry and he kind of made wine on the side and he decided like, I'm going to open up a winery. And then that winery turned to a winery restaurant. And then the winery restaurant turned into a brewery. And here I am, here we are. <laughs> so he didn't really know anything about uh, making beer. He, he hired someone on to do that. And he started, he started the whole program and really made a name for this place. And we just continue that. That's great. You, cool. you mentioned, you mentioned something there, and this is, this is actually how I first heard, heard of you too, was, uh, the pastry stouts that, mm. uh, yeah. have, have gained, gained, uh, notoriety for themselves. If, for those that don't know, pastry stout, oh, yeah. uh, big Imperial stout brewed with typically oak sugar, vanilla beans, baking ingredients a lot and oh yeah they're polarizing people get really excited about them and some people really like to look down on them as people just throwing whatever into beer what is something that is a challenge with brewing those styles of beer that i think that that you think the general public doesn't maybe have the an appreciation for um efficiency like you, you, you go and, you know, you, you take this barrel aged beer and you, you know, you already lose 20% of your liquid just to the angel chair. And then you get that into the tank and you lose some to sediment and whatnot. And then you throw in 500 pounds of coconut. That's going to absorb a ton of that beer. And all of a sudden you started with seven barrels of beer and you were able to package three Wow. And, and it's just like, okay, this barrel aged beer cost X amount of dollars to make in the beginning. We had a store and coconuts expensive, vanilla is expensive. It's just, yeah. I, I feel bad sometimes putting these price tags on there, but it's like, man, it's like when you realize how expensive every one of these ingredients is, how much you're actually getting out of it, just, it's just the cost of doing these beers. And I, and I think a lot of people have a general understanding, but I, I don't think they realize how much beer gets lost in the process of making a pastry stout. They always like to hear like how many pounds you're throwing in and of what adjunct it is, because that is kind of sort of the appreciation um, behind that beer. It's like we threw in X amount of pounds of vanilla beans for you guys. And this yeah. was ridiculous. And that's why it's bursting with the aroma and flavor. And that's why we have only a limited amount <laughs> Like our next pastry stout that we're uh, working on right now, uh, I believe just one of the adjuncts is going to going to be uh, pecans, and we're looking at twenty five pounds per barrel. Yep. Oh my god! And and then how big of will you do a ten barrel batch of that? Or 
So we're hoping to get seven. Yeah. I think we have uh, four barrels that we're going to blend together. We're hoping to get seven barrels into the tank to adjunct, and hopefully we'll be able to get three of it to the consumer. Oh, don't forget the marshmallows. Don't <laughs> oh, yeah. forget the marshmallows. You don't want to give away the whole beer yet. Yeah, I didn't say the uh, name yet. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you asked that question that, because that, that is something that some people do think that it's just a bunch of marshmallows and, and breakfast cereals and stuff just thrown into a beer. But uh, but yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot of work and a lot of uh, dedication has got to go into that. So uh, and I, I love them, too. I think there's, there's space for traditional beers and experimental beers and pastry stouts and and everything. And I'm glad that you guys like to do all of it. That's That's really cool. Yeah, we had the we had the guy from Wandering Hop in yakima on a couple weeks ago and and he's pretty well known for throwing a birthday cake in an ipa and i mean if we can talk about where 75 percent of the united states hops are grown and in this love for hops in this region that brews traditional american ipas and hop four beers and also throws cake into beer there's there's space for for everything in beer Back to abnormal, though. The brewery went through a major expansion back in uh, 2015, adding about 20 uh, or 2,000 square feet of space and increasing production capacity by 550%. Seven years later, what are the different challenges that are facing the production team nowadays? Um, when he made that expansion, uh, were you? I don't think you were even here. That was no, still I, can't, I Derek. came in. Yeah, it was already then. Yeah, so uh, we are a brewery restaurant, and we use literally every square inch we have, and that's probably the biggest challenge of trying to run a production brewery out of this small space. Because we 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 do uh, what are we at? We're about thirty five hundred barrels this year, and. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly our footprint here, but we're, we're, we're small. We're on a 10, 10 barrel brew house. So we're just, we're cranking. That's a lot of brewing 10, yeah. 10 do, barrels at a time. Do you do a uh, double shifts or night shift day shift, or you just have uh... double batch? Yeah, we, we double batch each day. I usually come in in the morning and start it anywhere between uh, uh, five and six in the morning. And then Occasionally we do triple batch days and then I will start at four in the morning or if we're doing a multi-step logger, we'll, uh, we'll start really early too. So everybody wants to talk about people like to dwell on the things that can make a day go wrong at 4 a.m. What is something that could happen at 4 a.m. that you're like, oh, this day is going to be great? Um. The answer could totally be there is nothing that can happen when I'm going to start a oh, triple brew day at 4 a.m. That's going to give me an indication it's going to be a good day. That's fine. You know, I got to say most days are good days here. We have run into our little fires here and there, but we have a really solid team. And when problems arise, we have a lot of experience here, so we can take care of things pretty quickly. It's got to be something pretty catastrophic for us to really be like, oh, I got a good one. Like uh, maybe a, a freaking uh, we we used during 2020 we had a, a patio tent that was seated in the front and it yes. blew over. <laughs> um, we had high like record winds. It was like 69 mile per hour winds that normally we don't get here in San Diego, and it took our whole tent into the next building next door, and that prevented us from brewing that day. Oh, that was, that was a very big tent. 
Uh, I guess so. But I mean, and occasionally because of how we do production, I would say heat. When we have day after day after day, our glycol can't keep up with it. So it's like, all right, we need to crash this tank, this tank, this tank, and we crash all these tanks, and it will take three days for them to crash because it's so hot out here. Thankfully, this summer, I think what we had like two, three weeks or so, and we got it pretty, we got it fairly easy this summer. But when we're, when we're really cranking, that's one of our biggest hindrances. Is yeah. And in January, we will be upgrading our glycol system. We already have the uh, whole unit up at our <laughs> warehouse ready to go. And January is the month that we do. I mean, everybody's cleaning in January, so yeah. they shut down the brewery and we'll uh, be ready. clean it all up and get it ready for the whole year. Fantastic. Well, let's get into another beer, yeah? Let's take a beer break and talk about the history of San Diego beer. Like many American cities, San Diego's beer history dates back to the 1800s. And like many American cities, most of their breweries did not survive Prohibition. When Carl Strauss Brewing Company opened in 1989, it was the county's first craft brewery and first brewery to open since 1953. Carl Strauss exposed drinkers to styles that would become craft beer staples, such as pale ales. The mid-90s brought a second wave of craft beer to San Diego, with well-known breweries like Stone, Alesmith, Ballast Point, and Pizza Port opening during this time. Smaller breweries continued to pop up as well, and in the 2000s, San Diego became a mecca for beer festivals. The Strong Ale Festival, San Diego Beer Week, and they even played host to the World Beer Cup in 2004 and 2008. 12 San Diego breweries were awarded a Best Brewer or Brewery of the Year award through the 2000s as the county solidified its claim as the beer capital of the world, showcasing its innovation, its influence on the industry, and accolades from every major competition in the beer industry. Today, the county is home to over 150 breweries, more than any other county in the United States. The beer industry has a tremendous impact on the local economy, providing over 5,000 jobs and millions of dollars in revenue. San Diego is a wonderful county with great beer history that we're excited to show you this month. But for now, let's get back to the show. So I want to get, try this uh, mocha stout out, and I got to say I love your packaging too. I mean, the the, the I love the uh, the simplicity, but also like you see it, you know who who you're getting. I, yep. love, I hate I hate it when a, a a label is is too busy. So I like the simplicity. And uh, what can you tell us about the mocha stout? First and foremost, we use a local coffee roaster called uh, Bird Rock, yep. and we use our own custom blend that Paul and I have been experimenting with. We use a darker roast in a heavier quantity, and then we back it up with a light roast as well. And I think it really, that really helps this beer out a lot. We, we try to bake this beer as thick as possible. Uh, mm. it's, I believe this finishes around eight Play-Doh or so. Uh, for those for those listeners that don't know, eight Play-Doh, that is a lot of sugar left in a beer. That's the starting, that's the starting gravity of like a, a light check lager. Yep. Right. Ooh. Yeah. A really yeah, light we, check we're, lager. We're gonna be brewing a light beer here soon. And I believe my starting Play-Doh is uh seven. So yeah. 
<laughs> but it's not there's it's not cloying there's so much depth to that coffee mm. flavor that's interesting that you mentioned that i wonder if i would have picked up on it if you didn't mention that you layered those different roast levels in there but there's so much depth to the coffee pl- flavor there's so much body but it's never cloying it's it backs off it's it's still there's still some reserve to it it's it's wonderful this is such an enjoyable beer it really is and and the uh the uh I love a coffee stout. Like I love it when it just gives you coffee flavor up front, coffee in the finish. But this is just like really very smooth. And the and it's a it's a sweet stout. So I'm assuming we're talking about a milk stout. Yes, a lot of fair amount of lactose in this, yes. fair amount of oats. And sometimes I feel like the lactose can be too much. This is like you actually you can actually taste it. It's it's really smooth. It's like a it's like chocolate milk and coffee and beer. And I'm getting so much out of it. This is really excellent. Come on, thank you. Mm. A lot of complexity with the uh, Bird Rock uh, blends that we use. There's, there's <laughs> Happy a dance on this one. It's like the baker's chocolate, and that's not even including of the cacao nibs that we're toasting ourselves and adding oh, into right. this. Oh. And we're just we're putting the extra touch to it. Basically, like if you're ordering at a local coffee shop, Starbucks or whatever, we're trying to do the same here, emulating. Right. Yeah, with our true mocha flavors. Yeah. And I think we do put a little bit of vanilla in this as well. Just to help round out some of those flavors. Oh, really good. That seems like that. Maybe it's the other way, but it seems like the pastry stout brewing has very much influenced this beer in terms of layering those flavors in. A little little bit more of like a drinkable pastry stout. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. It's the gateway, pretty much, (laughs) right? The gateway beer to the the big boys. (laughs) to spending all your money on 12 ounce bottles of barrel aged stout that just sit there because you never have anybody to drink them with and you don't want to drink a whole one yourself because that's that you get way too drunk doing that but i'm not speaking well, from i just experience feel guilty here. about it when i have a nice bottle of something i'm like i can't i gotta share this with at least five yeah six yeah people. you know i can't yeah. just share it with you and me no 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 <laughs> it's too special that's why they're, they're great uh, in those bottles. You can age them and you can you can save it. You don't have to rush to drink them. So that's another that's great thing to love about those beauties. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're people, they're, they're definitely polarizing. They have, you know, funny memes and, and this funny talk in the industry and, and craft beer circles about them. But like there is something to 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 love about that that shareable aspect of it mm. it's it's something that goes back to the origins of beer of 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 this communal gathering right beverage that was a catalyst for things like pastry stouts that's a catalyst i mean that that gets people together and and sharing and talking and creating memories so yeah pastry stouts rule well, Tim is online here. Uh, our live streamer is saying uh, uh, about distribution in California. How far do you distribute uh, as of now? Currently, we are only in really Southern California mm-hmm. as far as the Los Angeles area. We are looking to expand, I believe, in January to the San Francisco and greater San Francisco area. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, it's just been a slow expansion trying to figure out. And even want to buy direct to us uh, from California, we'll ship oh, directly to you. Oh, is that right? California, yes. Yeah, we can ship anywhere in California. Well, so don't forget that. Look at the website. <laughs> oh, no, y'all yeah, definitely will do awesome. that now. Get some of those uh, pastry stouts. That's awesome. Plug uh, abnormalbeer.co. Abnormalbeer.co. That's that's awesome that you're able to ship those those all around the state. 
I read that all abnormal beers are, are gluten reduced using a product called Clarity Firm. Knowing now that, that Paul, you have a background at, at White Labs, did that influence the use of, of Clarity Firm? And, and what does having those gluten reduced options mean for abnormal? Um, I think it just it rounds out the beer. So having beers and um, in the past for me in my younger days, um, sneezing and getting a little red and just after like a couple sips, like you want to enjoy the beer and you want to actually have more without feeling the effects of gluten. Um, and white labs really implemented the product, the clarity firm. And we decided that if we're going to brew beers, why not add it to pretty much almost every beer style that we have that way everybody can enjoy it without the effects of it. And just FYI, if you guys are buying abnormal beer, the only beer or the only style we don't use it in is hazy IPAs. Hazy IPAs is the only time we will not use the Clarity Firm or Bruce Cleric Enzyme. Wow. Yeah. Excuse me there. I, I misspoke. Yeah, it's not all the beers. Thank you for Yeah, just making sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people people need to be what people need to watch out that yeah, that have to, you know, that need to follow that diet. Yeah, is that something that you market uh, strongly or is it something that... Uh... Not strongly. We actually haven't ever had it tested to see what level it's at. So we do put that word of caution out there, but we do put it in all of our beers. And it does actually just help, I think, with the overall presentation of beer as well. Aside from it being gluten reduced, we don't have any filters here. So everything is either biofined or clarity formed, or a little of both. Drinkability and shelf stability. That's what we're pretty oh. much on. Okay. There you go. Wow. I get really... protein out of there. definitely helps with that. Yep. Now, that's uh, certainly, to my uh, understanding, is pretty abnormal <laughs> in the industry. Oh, don't do it, Mike. Don't do it, Mike. <laughs> no dad jokes. There you go, man. <laughs> There's no dads here at all. Yeah. Uh, well, you, we you got said, Brian. Uh, yeah, I, I am a dad. I, I think we all are. We all are. Okay, cool. <laughs> I will uh, refrain from making bad jokes. Uh, you, you mentioned something about the the shelf stability there on the bottom of my mocha mm. can. It has a best by uh, drink by date of September of 2023. One year. How do you determine those dates like that? And and do you, do you attribute Clarity Firm to being able to give you those that long shelf life? That's a good question uh, for Clarity Firm. I don't know exactly what gives us a long uh, shelf life. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, I think the clarity firm does help. I think having low DOs in our packaging line is really what it comes down to mostly. And our packaging team has been doing an excellent job. We've been doing a lot of uh, QA with our beers, holding it for X amount of days and testing it. And, you know, this was a decision that we made uh, six months to a year ago that a few of our beers are really just holding up. They were holding up great. Yeah. We have an excellent cold box that is way too big for us, <laughs> but you know, we got to keep all of our beer extremely cold all the time, which helps out massively. Mocha stout has been tasting great for well over a year. I I'm, I'm pretty sure we could have done 18 months or two years on that, but we're like, let's, let's keep it here. That's not going to be any problem. Same thing with Hefeweizen. We have a one year on that, but seeing how the, you know, that's a, a beer that, uh, the yeast really keeps that beer alive. Yeah. So yeah. Just, yeah. I've still got that head, good head going on that one. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I love the lacing on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's looking good. We will not show my glass. I did not like clean my glass. I do not have as a oh. beer clean of glasses as Mike. <laughs> 
So what about the, the San Diego uh, beer community? We got a lot of breweries there, right? Uh, so what, uh, well, what's it like being part of that community? It, it's a roller coaster. I mean, it, there's so much competition and so much camaraderie at the same time. It's, <laughs> it's really interesting. You know, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, that's a really, I don't know where even to start on that question right now. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a community for sure. And you can even joke around. Like sometimes it's a group of people that reminds me of, it's like a fraternity, like some groups yeah. are over here, some groups over there. But in the end, when we have a festival, where everybody comes together and it's a huge, like, I don't know, I would say like a neighborhood barbecue. Like yeah. everybody just comes together and everybody just talks about like random stuff. And then it all correlates back to beer products and what we're doing and processes and everything. And how can we get better? You know, it's, it's really nice. And we're lucky to have that in San Diego. It's like a competition, but it's like, man, it, it's not like, oh, these are my secrets. Screw you. No, it's like, these are my secrets. <laughs> hey, man, you should try this yeah. and you can make yeah. your beer better. And then you tell me what worked for you. And then we're just always trying to like, hey, let's let's bring each other up and yeah. try and make each, our, our beer better together. And it's, I think that's one of the best things about this industry here. I was going to say our Brewers Guild is a big part of that. Um, they really put an events together. We'll even have like uh, educational classes or our own kind of uh, like CBC Crap Brewers Conference with just, you know, San Diego. So they, they really help keep this community together here. I know that that that, that Brewers Guild is, is looked at as somewhat of a model for other Brewers Guild to, to really build that sense of camaraderie and and that's that spirit of a rising tide raises all ships but right have you, have you done uh have you done any uh collabs with other uh breweries or oh absolutely oh, yeah yeah, 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 we, yeah. We, we've yeah. done collabs all all around san diego um, nice. uh our next collab coming up is going well i'm not sure if it's going to be either bike dog or artifacts we can talk about the one that's in the tank what's in the tank right now merchant Oh yeah, <laughs> out of Bend, oh. Oregon, Immersion Brewing Company. Ah, okay. Oh yeah, great. Um, he he's uh, the head brewer. He used to actually be a head brewer down here in San Diego, and moved over to Bend, Oregon, and headed the facility at Immersion Brewing Company. And we decided to collab. And when he came to town, and he did his whole cycle of collabing with everybody during that whole week, and it was really awesome. And we got a New Zealand Pilsner. Oh, sweet. Actually, what I've been drinking on the side here. <laughs> oh, lucky you. That is, it looks good. One of my favorite styles. Yeah. Nice. So we get bike. We've had, I've had bike dog up here in, in Fresno. So there I have a nice brewery there too. Yeah. Get some San Diego bleeding up here a little bit. <laughs> How much do you think having those big breweries in town plays a role in that? You know, Stone's there, Ballast Point's there. Mm. I think you mentioned Modern Times earlier. Lost Abbey, White Labs is there. This kind of old guard that have had these long-lasting effects on the industry. Do you feel like that resonates out to the smaller breweries? I, Absolutely, it, it has to. It has to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so many people. That Stone was the gateway of, or Stone, Sierra Nevada, Ballast Point. Those guys have been around for. Well, uh, Stone and Ballast Point are about what twenty-five ish years, yeah, and Sierra Nevada's got to be almost forty now. Yeah, I mean these guys laid the pathway for us to do so. I mean, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is maybe why I'm here today. 
Right. So it's, it's <laughs> there, they absolutely have a huge, huge following. And I mean, I still drink stone beers to this day. I mean, my, I, I uh, don't do it often, but I'm going to throw a huge shout out to them. Subliminally self-righteous when they put out that black IPA about what, four months ago or so. Oh yeah. It blew my mind on how good that beer was. I'm like, wow, stone really can still kill it. Still love all those guys. Nice. That's still great. love arrogant bastard. That is a, that is definitely still a go-to beer for me. God, yeah. It, it's tough to find a good aggressive red ale these days. I mean, nobody does it. <laughs> they, they got the market, I guess. <laughs> no, it's, it's just impressive to be able to get that much flavor out of Chinook and, and caramel malts and, uh, do it that way for so many years and like influence so many people with uh, an arrogant brand to, to, to make a pun. I, I start, I served stone beer at my wedding. I served stone pale ale at my wedding. It's, it's a, it's a definitely a beer that even all the way out here in Pennsylvania that has, has, has had an impact on, you know, my craft beer drinking over this past, over these past, you know, whatever, 15 years. What, what can I say that would make it seem like I didn't drink before I was of late age? <laughs> 15 sounds good 14 14 i'm 35 um final question gentlemen thank you thank you so much for joining us here but um what do you wish we talked a lot about beer and san diego beer scene but what is something that you both personally wish san diego was more well known for on top of the beer people there's like uh it's a lot of uh small communities that are not on tv not out there that they're the they're like the gateway to experiencing the best cuisines of any style of food. Um, we're we're a melting pot city, Absolutely. so we have. I know in the nineties, um, uh, Cambodians came over. Um, there's a lot of good cuisines down there in City Heights in San Diego. Uh, Mexican food is all around. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can, you name an area. Um, it, it's it's a everything. I don't know what, what's your answer. Well, I don't want to say anything now. He fucking killed it with that one. So, but he's absolutely right, man. We, we, we definitely have a food and beverage destination. I mean, I, I, one of my favorite places, I got a Vietnamese place and a Thai place right down the street. Yeah. Little Italy over awesome. here. This, yeah. yeah, it's great. There's so many great spots. North, North Park, South Park. Uh, they all have. Mario Logan is also it's all coming over up. the yeah. place on, you know, you can just walk down the street and it's a completely different community and, but it's all pretty just relaxed and accepting, which is cool. It's just a nice mellow town. That's why there's so much to do in San Diego. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like 70 degrees every day, right? Oh, uh, weather's been crazy now. <laughs> Got down to like 66. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It's not normal. Oh, <laughs> here we go again. no i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it it's wonderful for you i'm actually happy for you that you get to enjoy that wonderful beautiful weather i enjoy the weather that we have here in pittsburgh it works for me yeah but i know it sucks and it's not as good as the weather (laughs) out there but i just make it you know seem like it's good because it's fine um paul jason thank you both so much for joining us today uh anything to plug you can also find us on tavor uh we've been uh trying to get more beers involved with them. Uh, we'll, we'll be having the New Zealand Pilsner. Uh, they'll be picking up some cases of that. Uh, that's going to be released uh, mid-November or so. Other than that, yeah. Find us at abnormalbeer.com or .co rather and uh, ship to everywhere in California and there you go. hit us up with any questions. That's awesome. That's great. 
Well, thanks to Abnormal for supplying the beers for our beer club. These were these are great, and I uh, I can't wait to to drink the rest of these. Um, if you'd like to join the club, head over to Bruvana.com and check out our subscription options. Get great beers just like these shipped directly to you. Uh, you can also follow Abnormal, like I said, on Instagram at Abnormal Beer Co. You can follow us on Instagram at Bruvana. Um, next week, we'll continue our journey through San Diego with our next featured brewery. But until then, stay safe, be kind, and uh, support local breweries. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.